Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. This is Jorge Fascinetti. Our podcast today is about health insurance. Let's just say insurance company issues have been in the mind of many people, particularly as it seems there is a pattern of increased resistance from these companies that make life more difficult for people and is particularly troublesome for patients dealing with chronic conditions. Specifically today, we will be talking with Dr. Lewis Blevins about something that irritated him recently during one of his pituitary clinics. I thought it was a very interesting subject and worthy of noting in our publication. One of the key points to remember as you listen to our discussion is that doctors, like patients, become disgruntled about some aspects of the profession and the issues that are encountered by patients. We all know what it feels like when things don't seem to work as they should. So welcome, Dr. Blevins, to our conversation. I guess we'll call this an informal chat today about something that didn't quite sit well with you. Something that made you, as you were explaining to me, quite frustrated. Jorge, thank you. It's uh, great to have this opportunity to speak with you. Why don't you tell us what happened? Well, sure, yes, it was particularly frustrating. It was a busy day, and um, sometimes when we're busy in clinic, we like for things to run smoothly, and uh, unfortunately, we encounter things that uh, are out of our control that take extra time or create extra work that uh, one can deem either necessary or, or unnecessary, depending on the particular situation. I think you got our attention. Tell us about it. All right, well, this was a patient who was on testosterone replacement therapy and at the end of the visit mentioned that uh, he needed us to write a letter to uh, reauthorize and get him back on testosterone because the insurance company had discontinued it. And it turned out that uh, the reason they had discontinued it is his testosterone levels were normal. And they looked at those levels to determine whether he needed the medication. And of course, his testosterone levels were normal because he was on the medication. He has hypopituitarism, and we've previously demonstrated a need to be on the medication and continue the medication. But the insurance company, with their finite wisdom, decided that he didn't need the medication because he had normal levels. So they discontinued the therapy, which upset the patient, brought on symptoms, and of course, created a lot of extra work for me and my staff in my office. It sounds so ridiculous that an insurance company employee, one, would be allowed to make that decision, and and second, that that employee couldn't deduce that the testosterone medication was keeping his levels normal. Uh, that is kind of nuts, isn't it? So what are your thoughts on this? Well, I had a lot of initial thoughts. The first one, uh, perhaps, was that this is absolute lunacy, uh, and this is a problem with uh, medicine in the year 2019. Uh, it's been a problem that's creeping up on us for probably the past five years. Uh, but really, I think the genesis of this goes back to the late 1990s when Clinton was uh, president, and he and Hillary Clinton were having the behind-closed-doors meetings uh, to revise health care in the United States. And this is, I think, one of those uh, uh, downstream consequences that we all face. 
Uh, like I said, it is becoming worse over time, and to me it's just a, egregious and unconscionable that an insurance company would uh, stop therapy or not, not allow a patient to continue therapy is probably the more accurate way to say that in a person who has a demonstrated need for medication. Uh, since when are insurance companies given the power to make decisions about health care for patients? Uh, their job is to pay the bills. That's the agreement. That's how things started uh, with insurance in the first place. And, I, and I'm really disgruntled about the fact that insurance companies are getting involved in this whole process of uh, medical decision-making, which really should be relegated to the doctor and the patient. Well, it's quite disturbing and unfortunately not uncommon at all. These tactics of limiting or at best delaying coverage, and it seems, as I mentioned earlier, to be getting worse as the politics of healthcare in general continue to heat up. I actually think these insurance companies take advantage of the Washington mayhem. And uh, on another note, we have definitely noticed, as you know, patients increasingly communicating their frustrations and challenges with the medical insurance companies. I think this dynamic creates a lot of stress uh, and people wonder what's coming next. Next, And this is definitely not good for people uh, dealing with chronic diseases. There are several studies, including one from the AMA, that found that these policies significantly impact a person's health. I think that this boils down to excess regulation by a third party that has a financial interest and keeps dollars for something else, like shareholder in profits, rather than spending it on patients' care. Yes, that's a real problem. Even back in the late 1990s, um, uh, we were starting to look at this uh, in the field of medicine as practicing physicians, and the particular group that I was with at the time uh, did some research and found out that um, of all the dollars that people pay in healthcare premiums, which are supposed to go into a pile or a pot or whatever term you want to use, a virtual bank account, to be used to pay for health care by those who need it, where we're all sharing in the cost of this. Uh, but of all of those dollars, only about 19% were actually spent on actual health care. And in fact, the insurance companies considered that to be their loss, and that was their loss ratio, the ratio of dollars that they spent on health care versus the <clears throat> amount of money that they kept for other things. And of course, the other things are uh, the cost of their administration, the cost of their reviews, uh, the money that they take and buy art or real estate or whatever they use to invest money in to make sure they have sufficient reserves should there be a catastrophic health care crisis that results in the expenditure of more than their 19%. But it's really unconscionable. I think that most people aren't aware of the fact that uh, it's only a, a small proportion of healthcare premium dollars that actually go to healthcare. Well, people are frustrated, no doubt. We have been researching and trying to understand healthcare reform and make some sense of it for the uh, of the different points of view, uh, particularly as uh, things heat up in Washington, as I mentioned earlier. I am sad to report that the more we look into it and try to understand it, the more frustrating and confusing it gets. 
There is also the problem of fact manipulation and spin by the different entities interested in reform, so it is difficult to distinguish between fact and propaganda. A good example of this is the arguments about the single-payer system, really uh, confusing, lots of noise, lots of opinion, and no one, I truly believe no one has correctly explained how it would work. What do you think? Well, frankly, I'm very much against the single-payer system. I, I like the system the way most of it works as it is. Um, I believe that everybody is entitled to health care insurance to help cover the costs of expenses and probably should pay something uh, to have that uh, insurance, if you will. Um, I don't believe in free health care for people. I think that people need to pay something either in the pot or pay part of their expenses as they come up. Uh, we have to figure that out. But the problem with the single payer is that then you have a government entity or an advisory board making decisions about your health care, just as this insurance company is making decisions about my patient's health care. Uh, so even though the current system's not perfect, I think that we would have a disaster on our hands if we went to a single payer system. Uh, most of the patients I've met who come from Canada or Europe uh, are, and, and who have significant medical conditions like acromegaly or Cushing's, pituitary tumors, etc., are very disgruntled about the type of health care they receive in their country. And I think that most patients in the United States who have these medical conditions generally, not always, but generally get the care that they want. As time passes, we're seeing more uh, examples of people who uh, are denied a treatment such as this. Um, a particular patient that started out this podcast. But uh, with that said, uh, we don't need a government entity for sure deciding whether you know, your mom's going to go on dialysis or whether you're going to be able to get a heart transplant uh, or whether um, you can have a, a particular drug for acromegaly, for example. Uh, th those decisions, I think, should be in the realm of uh, the doctor-patient relationship with the peripherals, such as family, uh, in evaluating resources locally because some resources are better in some medical centers in states than others. Uh, but uh, it's a decision that should be based not on um, costs, but also uh, uh, keep keeping the, the government entities out of that and the entities that have a vested interest in saving dollars or having that money to put to somewhere else or to give to shareholders. Well, there's uh, another issue, and that is, uh, you know, other issues, I should say more than one, but one of the key issues is, is to control prices, uh, particularly drug prices that seem to have gone completely out of control. But that definitely is a separate discussion, I think. Uh, it's complicated, to say the least, and it makes me want to dedicate some pituitary world news resources to advocate for patients and encourage them to get involved and, and learn about healthcare reform and discuss it, you know, in an effort to provide better understanding of these ideas and how uh, healthcare could be, be made better for everyone. So we will make the relevant information available on the Pituitary World News website and continue our dialogue on the healthcare system and the efforts to make it better and share facts from thought leaders involved uh, on, the, on the subject. Is there anything else you would like to add? 
Well, there's so many things on my mind about this topic at the moment. I can't really think of uh, how to organize them. Um, but uh, thanks for allowing me the opportunity to vent, and uh, hopefully this dialogue will uh, empower our patients to be proactive in their relationship with their insurance company so that we can move forward and uh, try to solve these uh, problems together. Thank you so much, Dr. Blevins. This has been a great chat. Lots of uh, issues and information to think about and to share. And uh, to our audience, please stay tuned for more information and facts on this. And we urge you, as we mentioned, to get involved. As usual, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, look forward to the next one. You have been listening to another exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. This is Jorge Fascinetti. Thank you for listening. <laughs>